On this episode, we are so lucky to have Rose Hollerman, a superstar on the court for the... Bet you did. Thanks, Emily. <laughs> That's how famous you guys are. That's fine. Okay, so that was Emily Oberst introducing Rose Hollerman. Also my best friend. Thanks, Emily. Come on, Ben's unit. Wait, which one, of us, which one of us is your best friend? Um, you know, Rose, but you guys are a close second. Oh, okay. <laughs> Joint second. We'll take it. Thanks. Roll with it. And thank you for joining us, everyone, on this week. No, I'm joking. Um, yeah, welcome <laughs> to the podcast, guys. Um, I'm James McSorley, as Emily didn't know. And I am joined by Mark Schofield, as always. How's it going? It's going good, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting You're me welcome. just redo the intro. And uh, Rose, Rose Hollerman, if you were to have an extra arm, where would you like it to be on your body to most beneficially improve the game of wheelchair basketball? I, I mean, mean, your game. <laughs> Straight in. No, how are you? <laughs> Straight into the tough questions. Yeah. Where are you putting your extra arm? I wonder. I mean, top of the head seems like an obvious one, but if everyone has an arm on the top of their head, how would it benefit me to have no, but it? Also only there? you do. No one else gets an extra arm. No, yeah. I don't know. I think. Yeah, I. I mean, top of the head. Yeah, top of the head or middle of the back. If it, as long as what would you do with it? Like, could you whack people with the second arm? Well, can you do that in the game with your two arms you do have? Because if so, I don't know why there would be. Also, you said second arm as if you don't have two arms already. Oh, I'm not used to talking about a third arm. I did say this to Rose. <laughs> I asked her this off air when we were waiting for you messing around. And I was like, I would give the third arm to someone like Gustavo Villafania, who only has one, just to see if he was un because he like he scored 18 against us with one arm. Imagine what we would have lost if they had two. He also would be a three, not a one. But yeah. Oh, that'd be funny. You give it uh, to someone who's missing an arm and it just puts their classification up. You give it to Greg. Like, if I could have fingers, I'm going to give it to Greg. So then he's a four or five. That's so funny. The idea of just completely bidding someone's career. <laughs> like, That's so terrible. Yeah, someone's like a single leg amputee and you just put it on the end of their stump and they're classed out. They're a five. <laughs> Oh, that's ridiculous. Um, maybe maybe I'm overthinking it here, but I feel like if your disability was you had a hand for a foot, you definitely don't get passed away as able-bodied. <laughs> that's nobody's definition of able-bodied. You're more dexterous, although your arm wouldn't be. I'm talking like a full arm is the size of a full leg. Uh, this is very this is disabled, disabled conversation to start us off. So, Rose, you're in the village in the Parapans. How's it going? How are you settling in? I'm trying to rein it in slightly, but I don't feel good about it. Uh, yeah, in the village, it's very pretty, very fun. But I've, I mean, I've had a bit of a rough go. Like I came in late because I was in Germany taking care of something we will talk about later on. And then also I like arrived and immediately got super sick. So it's been a little bit of a tough go for me. But it, I mean, we're here as a team and excited. Yeah, man. So do you feel up to see if the ball goes in? 
Hopefully it does. I haven't played with a six for a while, so we're going to see. Yeah, if a seven fits, a six definitely does. That's how it works. <laughs> There's nothing else to consider. Just pure, like, volume. I hadn't thought pure about math. that. I did know I did know you'd gone straight from Germany to... Because you guys played last Sunday, right? Which is the game we're going to talk about. And you were basically... We on the flight the next day, if I got that right? Um, yeah, like 12 hours after game time, I was on a flight. Yeah um yeah so i don't know i just imagine like you throwing stuff around like you know the bins with the basketball hoops and you're like sat on the plane being like yo when you like push the trolley up and down could you stick a hoop over the top of that and i'll see if i can fit this size six through it and that'll be my reps before i go and join my national team but i think you've been you've been coming on bench units for a little while now you came on when you joined landil um, we wanted to get you on to talk about this landfill Thuringen game that happened last Sunday. Unfortunately, me and James have tried to install the policy this season. We don't talk about any games that get to like a 20 point margin in anything more than like very minimal detail. Um, because we need to save the real minutes for you know stuff like when Bill Bauer up by double digits and then lose by two. Um, yeah, do that once a month, or oh, <laughs> oh, one in some cases. we've done it four um, times already. <laughs> There's been that so, many, James. Uh, yeah, Alunion have beaten us by less than five twice. Albacete have... I think Albacete tanked us. I don't think that's a close game. And then Mercia. So we have three, three, three times trapped in the bed and one just... We got beat by ten. Like, one that we just properly lost. But we were, we were up in the first quarter of that game. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's just a loss. The other three are... The other three are bed crappings. So, yeah. But anyway, enough about artistically. So, yeah, we were going to, before we get massively into the detail of the game, this is the second game this season we've seen between like the heavyweights of the respective leagues where a week or so ago, Amiab beat Thuringen, beat Thuringen, beat Ilunion by like 21, I think. And then it's been you guys and Thuringen to start this season off. And getting ready for a close game we were treated to i think a 14-2 opening run to landil um which thoroughly discards my theory that nobody ever puts together more than about four or six straight points against the bulls so do you want to dive right in and tell us why you think you guys got out to such a great start in this game um well, for starters, before the game, if you would ask me like what the options were, I would have said either a close game with us winning, a close game with them winning, or them just absolutely demolishing us. So I certainly yeah. did not have <laughs> on our bingo card that we were going to do to them what I thought they could do to us just because it's Turgan and they come out so yeah. locked and loaded and firing on all cylinders. I mean, yeah, like it's hard to like... Mendel is just so good at basketball. Yeah. I think the pace Mendel brings to you guys makes a real difference. Like, I don't, we were kind of semi-critical last year of you guys just kind of, I don't, I don't know if it was by design, but it was a lot of like, hey guys, if we can just get another kind of open 17 footer, we'll be okay. And it's just like, I don't know, you guys are like this year, like Mendel's getting to the, Mendel's got to the basket a lot in that first quarter and push the pace and I think that makes a real difference for you guys I don't know if that was intentional because I don't know if I'd want to get into like a run and gun with Turingen but it looked pretty intentional maybe that's just Mendel's quick but 
I think it was intentional for us. Like we started our like lineup that we could put like our four fastest guys on the court mm -hmm. at the same time. Like we were like putting our fastest lineup out there so that we could like push the pace against them and like know defensively that we were really pushing them out. And like I with Mendel, it's just so perfect because he the way our team was structured last year, we had a lot of like shooters a lot of like slower, more methodical players, but we didn't have like those really fast guys to push the court for us and to like get us where we needed to. And then defensively sometimes help out us slower shooting guards. And I also think like just the way that Mendel pairs with Modest is such a great combination. Like you have this super giant, big, strong guy that's getting to the basket, but doesn't want to get all the way there paired with like a super quick agile big guy that's like trying to like really break it down that trying to stop those two guys at the same time is really challenging yeah absolutely i i did have the the obligatory uh matthias Guntner moment i think on the opening your guys first offense of the game where it's like he got about a chair length in the inside the elbow got the ball thrown to him, Haluski on him, and you're like, ooh, that's a tough one. And then he extends his arms above his head to shoot the post up. You're like, oh, he's still like a foot taller than Haluski, so it's probably fine. <laughs> there's, there's like three people on earth who can just have Haluski get to their foot plate and be like, I'm just going to shoot this anyway. But yeah, I thought your guys' defense particularly was super ramped up from like early doors. And I think going back and watching the first quarter again, you turned Thuringen into way more of a ball movement team than they have been like in previous games this season and is what's really their style anyway. And you were making them ping the ball around in, frankly, what looked a lot more like what James just said about your guys' offense, about swinging it for open, like semi-open mid-range shots. But I think you took their bigs away and the kind of cascading effect was you got... Haluski shooting like contested extended elbow shots or like Jordy at the end of the shot club. Did you guys talk about anything specific defensively or was it we're just gonna I felt like you took the fight to them more than you have previously was that like a point of emphasis to put pressure on the ball or was it just how the kind of matchups shook out? Mm. I mean like our game warmups or, or our or like pre-game plan against every team also always like makes me chuckle because Janet is just like writes down five names and you're supposed to put pressure on every single person she writes down, no matter who we're playing. <laughs> like the old guy that's 45 years old that hasn't been on the court for like five years. Janet's like, we're jumping him hard ball pressure at all times well, he, no matter what he, he sounds like the perfect guy to jump because if he's not played for five years he's going to be super out of shape and not expecting it i love that janet puts like hey we're jumping this guy on the board and you're like shotgun <laughs> <laughs> i want to jump I back but yeah just to mark's point um do you happen to know off the top of your head or remember roughly how many shots haluski and that took as a pair mm maybe 20 16 ah, okay I think and i was that, just low like shooting low yeah that's yeah uh, haluski six from ten a zero for two threes he had four free throws and vade went to the line twice as well split them but um yeah man, i think that's massive i think when i look at game plans 
a lot of the time I'm like, okay, how many shots did these guys end up with? And I think when you're pinging the ball around, obviously the ball can stick in the right places, but you can kind of, I don't know. There's like a, the pace that you, I keep talking about pace. I love pace. I just want teams to play quick all the time. But like when you guys are flying around, it kind of makes people move the ball on, they move it, move it, move it. And then it kind of ends up in the spots that you guys are okay with. I don't know if that's like, and it takes really good teams to be like, no, no, no. Like we still need to like, I know they're flying around everywhere and we need to take what we're given, but we need like, I don't know. Holuski should probably take 22 shots a game <laughs> like for that team, especially when they're struggling at the minute. Maybe not. Maybe that's not who he is, but like this guy's a killer, man. <laughs> you held him to 14 shots like that. Yeah. They can do more to get him more, but obviously, but like that's and it yeah, felt unbelievable like- from you guys. Like they only shot 20 and most of them were pressured, but like also it felt like our defense was putting pressure on all of them on all their shots, which I thought, I mean, especially in that first lineup, like that first quarter, those, they were able to like ping around and get everywhere and put pressure everywhere, which Mm -hmm. is really unique and hard to do. Yeah, man. Uh, I think you could see it with, they had inside the span of about one minute somewhere in the first quarter, they had two dump downs to Marie Kia, one for like a little free throw line rolling and shot, and then one for a layup. Uh, She was zero from two, but I think it's at that point you realize your guy's defense had cracked something because she's obviously out there to work for the bigs. And even in the scenario where the bigs are getting smothered, they very, very rarely dump her the ball. And yeah, they're obviously tough finishes with Mendel and Matthias and Rio when he came in lurking in there. But even against a team like that, actually convincing them to dump the ball to the low is like an achievement in itself because most of them spend so much time working around you know what to do off of that situation that you almost can't trick them into it if you like really thought, want to. Um, yeah. yeah let's um it's tough asking you about fast... all this stuff because also you're going to play them three more times this year like yeah, yeah. We, least... we're very very aware yeah. of that as well so we don't want to yeah this is um m- might be last times man there's um based on the turkish league game I had in the background earlier I think Galatasaray might be crashing the um, Champs Cup final four and taking somebody's spot so there might be one less landil Thuringen matchup yeah um, it's funny like hopefully like, you're not betting on us being out of that we're no like I didn't, I didn't say that the fact that sorry go ahead I was going to say I didn't say anything like the fact that you would be out of that if you assume that that is entirely on you and not me <laughs> we're like obviously a signing path this year we're trying to make a real push for that as well as we should be but we're in galatasaray's group it's like us galatasaray lecane um who else cologne and someone else and it's like look at one of the other i think alunian's group is just a walk in the park for them compared to that oh, and i'm yes. just like who makes these man it might be <laughs> random i don't know but excited to go to istanbul though that is cool that's gonna be cool where are you guys playing we're in Cantu. Oh, uh, nice. Good so place. ours is like pretty tough as well. I mean, we have like yeah. us, Cantu, Santa Stefano, oh. and Gran Canaria. Oh, nice. And another team. Uh, Rose Hollerman Revenge game. <laughs> the, yeah, back on that court. You weren't there for that though, so you, which is sad. That is sad. I was in. I was where Mark is currently. 
yeah, that, so you, we, we were li- we were literally sat at my kitchen side, <laughs> just behind where I am currently. Yeah, um, I was in Mark's house, extremely but... mentally unwell. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> now, now you're no house, longer. Now you're no longer in my house. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, um, now I've moved out. But great. Yeah. <laughs> um, very, very quick thing. You'll be fine against Gran Canaria because they just lost by forty last week. So I dare say you guys will be okay. Shouts to Gran Canaria. No, Sally, um, that makes a difference. Not yeah, that Sally would have smoked them anyway. I would say, but not by forty. Yeah, yeah, that makes a difference for everyone. Jumping back to your game a little bit, Rose. We you obviously talked about the lineup that got you guys rolling in the first quarter. You go into the second quarter with a double digit advantage and having held Thuringen to six points, which I can't remember the last time that was done. Um you and Yannick came in, I think, about seven minute mark of the second quarter for Quentin and Kata Vice. And that's obviously you talked about getting your getting your quickest guys out there to start the game. You obviously take on a different look with yourself and Yannick with a little bit more shooting on your end, a little bit more defense, well, uh, a lot more defensive mobility from the one point of spot um, in terms of Yannick coming in. Yannick also, I think I missed it the first time I watched him, one of the sickest finishes ever oh, when he mate. took that dump oh, down my pass God. from Rhea. That was amazing. <laughs> that was so cool. Um, but yeah, you guys obviously shifted that lineup. They'd been cycling through some stuff. They brought Jordi in at that point. So having seen how well the first quarter went for for you guys, oh, the obvious question to ask you would be what was your mindset coming in at that point and hoping to keep momentum? Your individual mindset was to shoot the ball every time you caught it, and that worked out <laughs> fairly well. And make but, nearly all of them. It's pretty pretty good mindset. Yeah. Um, for, from that perspective, you had obviously seen what your guys' starters had established. So when you come in, what are you looking at trying to do outside of just you know playing your normal game? What have you picked up on from the first quarter and a bit that you've watched that you want to try and implement? Mm, I mean, like it is for us, we have we bring such a different look when we change that lineup because just like offensively, especially you have Yannick and I, where we can both be so aggressive, like even like Yannick can be super aggressive, especially as a low pointer that I guess not really like mindset didn't change at all. It was just like, let's keep this going. Like you want to build off of what we're doing. And I think like this year we want to really try to prioritize just like doing our job and trying to make sure we're successful. So I guess, I don't know. I didn't really go into it with a different mindset than ever. I like, I think, with the, like offensively like it looked like they had been packing the pain a little bit so like really when I came on like before like during the time of the game I was like the first time I caught the ball I didn't feel like anyone was on me so I shot it right away and like for me just mentally every time I think that I'm not getting jumped it always kind of upsets me a little bit like it hurts my ego I'm good at one thing how can you not try to stop me doing the one thing I'm good at here guys Here's <laughs> it's so two. easy Here's to do because I can't dribble no but well, if you, if, it's if probably kind of nice in a way you're like all right cool I can just let these go is that yeah but are you are you sit on the bench watching as as like two guys who can't shoot the ball asking you a question here but like if, you're, if you know you're coming off the bench at some point, are you looking and being like, all right, cool. So 
they're helping from here or when Mendel cuts, they're collapsing in this way and this spot's free or, you know, maybe I need to go to the elbow or no, if I just, wherever I get to, I'll be fine. Or what do you, like, what do you look for when you're on the bench or do you, do you kind of wait till you come in to get into the flow of things? Because I never mm. know how to come off the bench and I should be good at it by now. <laughs> Uh, I mean, offensively, I always, the first look I think is so critical that don't necessarily think that about what the defense is doing. I'm trying to get to like a foundation spot for myself. So one of the baselines it's, which is normally where I try to take one of my first looks, but I think like from there, like watching the way the defense is rotating, how they're like working through their two, three, four help is really important just offensively. So you understand if I'm playing with like modest or Mendel on a side and they do start to jump, where am I rotating the ball? Sure. So I guess sure. like the way I'm looking from the bench isn't necessarily about shots that I'm trying to take. It's more about knowing where to pass the ball. Cause most of the time you can't see those guys are big. So when you come off yeah. of a, like someone jumps you, you come off of it, off of a pick, you're kind of like passing the ball without being able to see your yeah. teammate or who's in front of him. So you got to know that before you enter the court. Oh, sure. That was going to be going to be my very next question was going to be, if you have Gunther on the screen for you, do you have to like be craning your neck to be like, right, I think the basket's around here somewhere. I just need to look over one of his shoulders rather than the top of his head. Him yeah, setting the screen being like, middle. Him being like, I know you can't <laughs> see around me. I can see everything. I'll tell you to send it to the floor. <laughs> You also know, like, there's such a big chair in front of you. Like, no one's getting around it unless they really, really want to. Yeah, yeah. That, nice. That's a pretty, pretty good. Yeah, that's a serious step up from having James screen for you, right? I was gonna say, like, if you can, <laughs> if you can get them off with me screening, you can absolutely get them off with Matis or Mendel screening. Ah. <laughs> uh. I don't know. Those were some of the best days, though, James. Ah, uh, yes. Although looking at you and Mendel running a two-man game, I'm like, oh, man, if we had a bit of versatility, we could have won some stuff. But but no. This, <laughs> this, was, a, this was a on the weak side. I was hoping we would get too later, but we seem to be at the natural point now. How good does it make you feel, Rose, that Mendel had the option of coming to join you or coming to join James and was like, Rose? I absolutely love it but i don't know if that's exactly the decision that he had made uh, as far as i'm concerned that is all that happened i did give a great recruiting trip like him and his girlfriend emma came to visit showed them around we drank some glue vine we went to a castle did a farmer's market Sounds terrible. i don't know if james did that for them yeah, they didn't come here. Oh, shout out Emma. Emma's the best. Um, yeah, Mendel's also the best. Shout out Mendel. I, I, feel love, like we'll I love the idea enough. that Landil, renowned as probably the biggest and best professional club in the history of the sport, and you felt like you needed to really pull out all the stops to do a recruiting trip. It's like, I think the club has probably got enough clout to it that you can be like, yo, come here. It's great. And look at all the world-class players we have. I actually had no idea it was even an option for Mendel to come play with us. And they just like came to visit me because it was not a long drive and they're amazing friends and great people to have in your life. And then they came and when they were there, they were like, this isn't that far from Amsterdam, actually. This wouldn't be that bad if we were commuting. 
It's like, oh man, <laughs> things are about to change. <laughs> well, change for the better, it would seem, given the result of the game we're talking about. <laughs> but yeah, if um if nothing else, I think you should at least go into like the Landilla head offices and be like, hey, just so you know, see this stat line Mendel had in this game. It was that trip to the farmer's market that I took him on that won him over. So I'll take my monthly bonus now, please. Yeah. Yes. I want my also, 5%. I'm the greatest <laughs> recruiter of all time. I went into our favorite restaurant in Giesen and invited the waiters and they came to our game and they now want to give us free food. Oh, hell So yeah. I'm oh. the best. I got Mendel and free salads. Damn. Nice. Landil aren't yeah, paying right. you enough. Whatever whatever they're paying you, it's not enough. Whatever they were spending on food beforehand, that needs to be redirected to you, I think. I'm uh, just kidding, by the way, Mendel. I don't take credit for you being in Londale. <laughs> Sorry, it's fine. He, he doesn't, he doesn't listen, listen to this. He just pretends. No, I think <laughs> he's one of our your six <laughs> listeners. Hey, hey we got you. seven. Yeah. We got seven. Um <laughs> What was I going to say, Rose? Um, was there any point in this game that they went on a bit of a run that had you like, oh, oh no, here it is? Like, I feel like any game like this, there's always a moment where at least Jordy is like, right, I'm going. Who's coming with me? Like, I don't, I don't get why they don't start him. Maybe it's because they want that punch off the bench. Maybe I don't know why. Oh, because they're half under. But like, I don't know. Like, there's was there a point that anyone got going enough that you had to be like oh, okay here we go they actually though didn't they start against v-spawn they started like joking instead of jordy like all the previous games all the previous games they started jordy instead of joking uh-huh and then yeah, against been, us they switched it yeah and then they've all last year jordy was on... off the bench yeah they've been a little uh, bit down on numbers i think you guys this game uh, that well, was played last week. I think, yeah, I think was mainly they played Hanover with more or less a full squad, and they played Wiesbaden with more or less a full squad. Um, Joachim also had like twenty nine against Wiesbaden, I think. So good call. And missed, there. Like, um, made his first eleven shots or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, unreal. But yeah, I think I think the Jordy thing is he came off the bench because I think they start both bigs trying to play Haluski on the perimeter and Vahid on the interior a bit more, but they went away from Vahid really early in this game. Um, and I think they, they, they then bring Jordi in to try and establish Haluski as an interior threat a little bit more, which also I don't know was massively successful in this one, but Jordi did have his, obligatory like makes a couple of shots in the second quarter and then turns and curses out the landill bench who you would say it's like definitely at least the second or third time i've seen him do that in the last couple of years it's like i don't think anyone on the bench has a problem with you other than the fact that they want their team to win and you want your team to win but he seems to take it very personally um but he was like one of their offensive bright bright spots in the game and they just they like struggled for offense generally i don't know how much they would have fixed it by starting him. I think the first quarter of the game was like a shell shock thing for them. And I don't know about you, but looking forward to when you guys play them again, I would be very surprised if you get the run on them in the first quarter like you did this time out. I don't know what your take is on that. Yeah, I don't think against a team like that, that's so well equipped. Certainly like it's not going to happen again. It's going to be hard fought the whole way through. 
And I mean, that game was hard fought the whole way through. Like the score says one thing, but it felt like there were moments in that, like when Yannick and I first came on, there was that stretch where like Jordy got hot. He hit a couple of shots. They like had like brought it from maybe 14 down to seven or something. And then we extended it back before halftime. And and during that stretch, it was like, oh man. Yeah, they they are like one of the all time teams. A couple of shots go down, and it's just subconsciously like, no matter how comfortable the lead might look, it's like, okay, the floodgates are just creaking open here a little bit. But you're able to stem them relatively well. Did it? What was the point in the game which it felt like, or I shouldn't say what was the point? Was there a point in the game, kind of? getting close at the end of the game where you're like okay we're kind of home and dry here or did it always feel like pedal down to the finish line yeah i mean i think like the german for like finishing top of the table is such a big deal for just like getting the home court advantage later on in the season that i think like the whole way through our coaches were really pressing like like pedal down we keep pushing we keep playing that it never felt like at any moment, it never felt like it was easing up. And in terms of finishing top, obviously, me and James talked about this on the roundup we did most recently, but there's like the whole thing we talked about with Bilbao Vidal last year where it was like Bilbao finished third in the league because they, I think, lost to Vidal by 21 and then won by 24 to put themselves ahead on points difference. Yeah. Um, is there anything, knowing that you guys traditionally do finish top two, is there anything points difference going through your head at that point? Or is it, are you much too in the moment to be thinking about, hey, we're going to play these guys again and we don't want to have to hold them off by exactly 11 or more points to be <laughs> safe? Yeah, I mean, like down the stretch, if you watch to the very end, like we end up shooting on that last play, which yeah. in in basketball in general, you do not do that down. The, like you're up by 20. You don't take a shot that last play if the shot clock's going to go. But our coaches were like, no points matter. Like point differential is important in the league. So you, you got to take the shot because it could come down to just that little bit. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> exactly. Fair enough. Um, do you miss any big league games while you're out in the power bands or no yeah we play hanover tomorrow <laughs> which well, is tough yeah that was going to be my next question i should have known that in advance so i could have been like okay hanover or these button who do you think yeah. is more likely to sort of take one off someone but yeah they they were meant to play each other last weekend weren't they but i think because the both teams had had players missing, didn't they? Um I think it might have it might just be V Spun that have players oh, really? missing, but they were just so low. Like Mikey's gone, the coach player coach. Uh Boots, yeah. like the class one girl from Canada's yeah, sure, gone. Sure. And then Juice is gone. So that that gets really tough for them. Yeah, they don't that's incre- it, really like that's incredibly um understanding of Hannah <laughs> to be like, yeah, don't worry, we'll just we'll see you again rather than being like, hey, we'll just take the win. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I like that though more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And crucially, we would rather watch the two teams play each other than, than yeah. Watch like that game roll, is roll that out. game is like a bench unit's favorite because like we love watching the two best teams in the league play, but we love nothing more than watching like third and fourth scrap it out just to be a little <laughs> bit weirder. 
Like, like so that we was know why you blew great, that game we know to violin. They're an integrate. Well, year. sorry. That's why you blew that game to Violet last year, wasn't it? So you're like, man, it's going to be make for a great bench units bit when we beat them by 24 and win on points difference. All I'm saying is I'm glad we don't have to dig ourselves out of as big a hole against Mercia next time around. Um, <laughs> I'm glad we don't need to beat them by 21 because we might not score 21 against them. They're so good defensively. <laughs> Although, like, just what you were saying, Rose, earlier about, like, on my bingo card, it was either we beat them by five or they beat us by 20. Like, Mercia, that's what you had. Yeah, no, Mercia, I was like, if they beat us, it's because it's 52 50. <laughs> like, um, uh, okay, absolutely not the case. It was 84 83, completely insane. But that yeah, game is now available for rewatch on the Spanish TV app that they're streaming one game a week on. So I've watched it back now and it's it's real sad. But anyway, <laughs> this isn't about me. Do we want to talk some Parapans or do we have anything else fun this on this is, game? Um, I was gonna ask on this one. You've, I think we got the question, do you think Wiesbaden or Hanover are more primed at full strength to take a game off the off one of the top two teams in Germany? I mean, I both I think they both are very capable of it. I gotta if I had to pick one, I'm just gonna pick Wiesbaden just because you know gotta stick with Mikey Pay. Yeah, and because they got you guys last year, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, they they sure did get us last year. Yeah. <laughs> I love how they play, man. Like, kind of play quite fun as well, but I just love, like, ball movement and exchanges, and it makes sense. You get a guy like Mikey yeah. Pay and the coach, and all of a sudden you're moving the ball and your players are around and people are cutting and yeah, swinging, and, swinging the rock cru- like, ah, surprise, surprise. Crucially, Mikey is player coaching in the sense that he is playing in as much as knocking shots down from just behind the free throw line and he's only just sitting still behind the free throw line and pointing at everybody else where to go and it's like man this guy <laughs> this guy is like optimizing both sides of his role here um last thing i was going to ask you rose is we got to um this game you've obviously come out and you know stamped your authority against the ring and for this occasion at least um going back to a couple of weeks ago i think I even said at one point on the podcast, I just kind of off the cuff said I expected them to finish top in the league based on what we'd seen up to that point in the season because you guys had a little bit of a slow start, shall we say. Um, closer than expected games against, I think it was Munsterland and Cologne in your first couple of games that were like single digits. Um, you we were obviously, I think you missed... We, we just had like a tough start in general which i guess turgan did as well they've had like sicknesses and injuries and stuff like that yeah. but like we missed kata for a lot of that and then we had like a two-week span there where like two of us had to get stitches which is crazy the, why did you guys believe. Get, have to get stitches that did a fist fight break out no like i was just like Dumb. i just had a freak accident yeah, I, I asked Rose what was wrong and she just sent me a picture of it. I nearly threw up on my phone. It was terrible. <laughs> Rose, you need the extra hand just straight out of your chest so that it can catch you when you fall over. Yeah, I'm a horrible like wheelchair user. Like I can't, I'm always like falling, spilling stuff, like just no day chair abilities. And at some point me just being a super clumsy person and not being able to push a wheelchair 
unless I'm strapped into it and there's a basketball then even then, I don't know, but like just daily life got me. I hit my hand against a wall when trying to push outside and just had to get five stitches in it. Damn. And then Mendel <laughs> had just a practice accident. A accident. Had to get stitches in his mouth. He he sent me a picture of that as well, which was also disgusting. I didn't ask for either I, of these. I I've you. I've never been more glad to not be in the loop with you guys to the point of getting these messages sent. Um, yeah, pretty terrible. Do we want to do we want to break the Landil and Parapan stuff up by some stupid questions rather than sticking them on at the end? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Rose, if I... uh, you if you could choose one animal to replace a player on your team you don't need to name the player um this is more animal focused which animal do you think would be most useful on a basketball court an elephant okay explain because i think it has a trunk so it could be pretty like coordinated with the basketball like i don't know if there's another animal that could like pick up a ball and move it and put it into a hoop as gracefully as an elephant. And also, like, how would you defend that? That's true. You're right. Aren't elephants know. scared of mice? Mice would be very easy to have with you if you needed them. Like, just pocketfuls One of mice. Pocket let them mice. Loose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, that's not real. Yeah. Okay. Rose, oh, yeah. Where, whereas an elephant dunking the basketball is entirely real. Okay. Yeah, next question, real. Rose. Um, your inside hand reverse layup that everyone got really excited about. Did you only shoot it like that because you didn't want to go lefty? Yes or no? Uh, yes. Yes, I knew it. <laughs> I love it. Honestly, I don't exactly like in those moments when I'm driving to the basket, I'm just like in my head, I'm thinking like, shit, 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 shit. I don't want to get this far. I don't want to get this close. I don't want to get this close. And just like, I mean, at some point you got to just like, either throw the ball out or throw the ball up. And I just chose, like, I probably was thinking to pass it out. And then I was like, I got to put it up. So it yeah. just went up with my No, I love hand. it. I, I love the inside hand. It's a very cool finish. But I was taking the mark about it. And I was like, absolutely just didn't want to go lefty. But no, I do yeah. the same thing. Like, if I, if, um... I go, if I go inside hand reverse on a layup drill, I have to go lefty on the other side to make sure people know that I'm about that. Which <laughs> 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 is so but, stupid. Yeah. But... It also happened early in the game, right, where Mendel got a drive underneath and he took a left-hand scoop for, like, one of your guys' first points, made that, and then he got a fast break, like, I think maybe a two-on-one, and he went left-hand scoop on that and missed that one. <laughs> was like, when you then shot right-handed, I was like, oh, that's definitely Mendel's got back to the bench, and then everyone was like, uh, think you're a hot shot with your left hand, do you? So I wondered if you'd just gone dominant hand then to be like, I can't afford a missed left hand because I've just given Mendel a hard time about it. Yeah. It's also not very blockable. Like if you're getting trailed from behind and also you're getting help from like weak side baseline, inside hand is pretty safe. Like if you go outside left hand, guy big side, big guy from baseline, weak side can get to it. So it's probably the right thing to do, but I just I just wanted to set five seconds like five minutes aside to talk about one layup because if that's not if that's not my sort of area of interest, I don't know what is. I don't even say expertise, just interest. Like weird finishes. Weird 
who are we very good a, at. We need an all. We need an all inside hand finishing, like an all star five for that. We won't do it on this episode because I think we'd be thinking of people forever and it would be terrible listening, but yeah. we need to put that together at some point. We do. Rose, you said that you had a good idea for our usual question of if you could add a rule to the game of wheelchair basketball or change a rule to the game of wheelchair basketball, what would you do? So you said you have a good one. So the floor is yours. Okay. I'm very excited for this. So okay. I think what you do... Okay. The way that you go about this, I'm not sure. You could either do a coin toss between the two teams or you could do a free throw contest, which I love. And then whoever wins the coin toss or the free throw contest gets to pick a block. Like, I don't know, just or a a little circle on the floor somewhere, anywhere. And that circle then is worth three points. So, like, if, if you're okay. Gran Canaria, think about this. Okay, Gran Canaria back in 2019 when we were just taking all these jump shots versus, like, Bill Bow that year that's just taking a bunch of layups. Like, Bill Bow would be like, if they win it, they would be like, you're going to make it a layup because the whole point of it is to what shot are you going to get more of than the other team? So, Bill Bow would get, like, put the block, like, put the square on the block Mm-hmm. for three points and then like Grand Canary would be like oh we're gonna put it out at like like baseline jumper yeah and then you just that. like it would change it so much like all of a sudden Grand Canary wins the free throw contest Bill Bow would be like damn it now we're like we're playing for jumpers and like we're trying to match our layups for their three-pointer like baseline drop jump shots we, we gotta like shift the whole way we're playing That'd be so interesting yeah. to see how much teams would bend and how much teams would be like, it's not worth going that far out of our way to do that. Um, and if you like, like get special, like, like a special ops team, like one player would play for 40 minutes if you win the coin toss and you get to like pick a free throw jumper. But then if you lose the coin toss and then they pick a baseline jumper, then that player doesn't play at all. Yeah, I love that. If you went like charge circle, I would just cherry pick can like constantly yeah. and just to see what happened. I I often think about this if you just like hung up at the other end of the court and didn't play any defense and you had you made four layups, like how quickly would the other team call the timeout and be like, What do we do? Yeah. Um I, that's I actually really- this is this is going back years and years and years, but I was playing like maybe a division two game back here or something and this team we were pressing decided they were just going to leave one guy and he was just going to hang out at the basket they were going to defend four on five and then like if and when we scored or they got the rebound they were just trying to hurl it full court to this guy but they were in such a rush to like get the ball and get it down court so they just turned it over repeatedly by like throwing it somewhere that was like somewhere in his general direction but not anywhere he could push to in time to get it it's like yeah you're this is such a good plan that you're executing so terribly, but I, I, really like your idea. I think, I think um, what you'd end up with would be like, you'd end up with players who just have real pet shots. Like, can you imagine the Christian Gomez's of the world who was like, Hey, I want this spot to be one chair length inside the three point line, but it only counts for three points. If I'm fading away into it faster than most people would roll into like a normal layup. <laughs> you could be like, Strictly left side bank shot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'd win every game. Um, 
But yeah, no, I think left side bank shot might be where where do you think if you give that option to everyone in Spain, everyone in France, everyone in Germany, like what spot do people choose? It might I think it would be like a left side bank shot. Because I don't I think if you choose anything charge circle or like paint at all, just no one jumps for the rest of time. Yeah. Yeah. Too then like too risky. Um like layups already yeah. hurt. And then if they're worth three points. Yeah. There's a I very think, simple. I think it being inside the paint this. ruins basketball. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I think it'll be like 40-38 for every game. Surely the solution to this is you put the spot in the middle of the free throw line because then either your free your made free throws are worth three points or teams won't foul you because they won't want you to shoot free throws that are worth three points each. I like it. I'd probably want it there anyway, because <laughs> then you go you run a pick and roll and then you either that's the normal sort of decision where you're like, ah, do I give a free throw jumper up? But then, yeah, I don't know. There you go. You you asked that question as if there was going to be layers and layers to it, and I solved it in ten seconds. I, um, I, mean, I don't think a free throw counts. Like that's not a live, but like a normal. No, no it well, it it would do if the spot was there, wouldn't it? Because the spot would be under where you were shooting from. Mm, well, no, because that spot on the floor is worth two, except it isn't when you're shooting free throws. So, yeah. Well, this is Rose's rule. So she. Yeah, it was worth say 1. I'm 1. Right. five a free throw. <laughs> <laughs> worth one point five a free throw, except if you get sent there for three. Oh, no, it's still worth one point five. Never mind. <laughs> God, imagine losing a game by half a point because someone made <laughs> made a free throw from that spot. Um, that is terrible. Rose, we're gonna ask you, gonna ask you on the Landil front before we shift on to Parapans. Um, your guys' first game of the season, I developed something of a, a one-sided love affair with your new signing, Thomas Klein. And I've been a little bit disappointed because he played heavy minutes and he played that opening game like he was some kind of dog that had been caged for about three days and not fed and then they just turned him loose to see what happened. And then we've not seen many minutes from him after that and I've been profoundly disappointed. Um can you tell me anything about this guy other than why he plays like he is hungry and slightly rabid? So he's an ex-rugby player that got classed out. Right. So that, there's that moments where... Yeah. But I, I, like, he's a great, great guy. Great to have in practice all the time. Very, very sweet, wholesome, sweet, sweet boy. Awesome. Is he... I, I think as soon as I hadn't realized this until we got around to this, but when you said a couple of you had to go and get stitches, I imagined it was him being like too enthusiastic to show his stuff in like the first couple of practice sessions of being like, hey, I'm here for the fight at all times. I wish he is very <laughs> enthusiastic all the time until he gets too tired. <laughs> then he still is, but he's just tired. I, I was up. I was only joking when I said he seemed like a dog, but that actually does sound very dog behavior. <laughs> Being like, hey, I'm just going to run around until I'm too tired to move anymore. <laughs> right. Shall we talk parapans? Uh, yes. Uh, so, Rose, start tomorrow. Who's game one? Chili. Nice. Are you are you excited to get going? Have you, have you like, I assume you've practiced on the actual game court at this point on account of that being obligatory. What's it looking like? I actually have not because I was sick. Ah, you said this. Sorry. Um, part timer. Part timer. Yeah. Ah, you'll be fine. 
Um, you've seen it though. Looks nice, right? Looks looks like serious. Yeah. Looks very nice. I've seen pictures of it. I mean, the this tournament is I think all of us that are abroad are struggling a little bit just because it's hard to be in the midst of a season all ramped up and then all of a sudden have to shift gears, fly across the world and come join this tournament. Yeah. What do you but, think of it being a multi-sport event? Do you think that kind of adds to the, do you think that adds to the whole experience or does it take away the sort of, Spe the the fact that it's special to have just a wheelchair basketball things I kind of have mixed feelings about our Euros being a multi sport event. Uh, well, I think with how big it is here, it's a mini Paralympics. Like we have a dining hall, we have a laundry room. We're in a village. We're like, I think it's super cool and it's a really good practice for us. Like what we're experiencing now will be exactly what's going to be in. Paris if we qualify and so we're just getting the younger girls like people that haven't been to a Paralympics get to know what it's like before we get there so I think for us it, it has a ton of value and it's a super like a really really cool experience because you get to experience a Paralympics but all with the Americas and I think that we have some of the coolest personalities in terms of countries here like there's lots of singing and dancing and just like the environment in the village is really, really neat. So I think for us, That's it's cool. super special. That's cool. Um, you mentioned if you, if you qualify, where, the, where does the qualifications cut off for this? What are the spots that get through and what goes to the, what's that? What's the word for the follow-up tournament? Repetage? Something like repetage. that. I don't know. Repetage. Repetage. Ah, it's going to be a uh so only the first one automatically qualifies so we have to right. win our semi and final in order to qualify and then only the second get a spot at that tournament so yes. we have to win the semi that's tight um, yeah so it's a pretty stressful one yeah that's hectic for sure i mean you guys are probably if not favorites at least co-favorites with canada i would have thought i'm not going to get deep on the canada bandwagon because um because you've been hurt before Kay yeah as katie Dunlow <laughs> admitted I, I waited a long time for that apology when they um they underwhelmed but <laughs> you guys you guys must be obviously I, when you said for a second they when if we qualify i subconsciously was like ah, usa will qualify and they'll be fine but you know, having to win the semi-final to get a spot of the at the qualification tournament, or you know, win the final to sign a seal is no. Even if you are the prohibitive favorites, anything can happen in like a one-off game or a string of random games. So, first of all, do you guys see yourselves? How do you see yourselves in comparison to Canada, who are probably your your stiffest competition? Um, like it's it's. It's hard against Canada just because they have so much potential. Like they have some of the, like if they string everything together, they have such a great team. We've seen that in so many years past that we just don't know exactly what we're going to get. That when you, I, I think they're a scary opponent for us in this position. And I, I mean, I guess when you're fighting for the number one spot, there's very few teams that I would not think are a scary opponent for it. Like, it makes me very nervous yeah. to play Brazil in the semi as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say that you probably want to avoid Canada in the semi-final if um if nothing else, but but Brazil were also we went through this the episode that Katie was on, but they nearly put an upset onto Canada in um in the pool stage in uh the previous world championships, right? So there's there's one of you guys in the USA or Canada is gonna run into Brazil in the semi-final, presumably, and that's you know, there the will be no looking ahead to the next game at that point, I guess. I don't know if you probably know the field better than me, but I guess there's probably not a dark horse outside of Brazil. Yeah, I mean, on like Argentina women can be decent. Like, I think they could put together some good minutes against Canada or us or Brazil. But it's just, it's like hard to know if they will. Yeah. But certainly with Brazil, I mean, it's like... Awesome that wheelchair basketball is growing and it's so competitive. Like this tournament, I don't think would have been like my first one back in 2011 was not as competitive as the one that we're at right now, just from adding Brazil into the mix with us in Canada. And it's great that that's happening. It sucks that it's been paired with the reduction of teams at the Paralympics. So we're fighting out for less spots than we would have been otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. That's a weird one to look at. Sorry, I was going to say, that's a weird one to look at the development of wheelchair basketball and be like, oh, that's really cool to see all these nations moving forward. All right, now get back in your box for another couple of years. There's eight <laughs> teams going to the Paralympics. It's a real shame. Yeah, it is. I mean, <laughs> but you know, like those eight teams are going to be super competitive when we're at Paralympics. Yeah. So I think us that love good games and tough matchups are going to absolutely love it. Yeah, it's good for yeah. good for the good for the fans. I think that is fair. I also think, and maybe this isn't, maybe this is a very small silver lining, but I do think it puts more emphasis on the like Europeans and the Pan Ams or the Americas Cups of the world because there's been like, I uh, can't remember what year it was, James, but there's like a Europeans four or five years ago where it's like, oh, the top five go through to the world championships. And it's like, you don't even have to win. You're <laughs> like, like your quarterfinals yeah. to get through it is is like a weird state to be in. But yeah, I think it's obviously the fact it makes those more important and more competitive would be nice if we were rewarded by more teams who had earned their spots go into the Paralympics. But obviously you can't have everything, I guess. Um, so on that note, Rose, both men's and women's side, do you have, let's say, medals predictions for how the Pan Arms is going to pan out? Um, well, I mean, for the women, I just, out of sheer self-confidence in our, in my teammates, I think I would, of course, have to say us as one and hopeful thinking. That's what you meant to say as well as it may be like it's it's one or two. You're not the first bench units guest ever to just back your own team because not many people want to come on here and be like, I think we'll finish about third. Yeah, but it's also a hard thing because, like, no disrespect to Canada, I also think it's very tough for us to beat them in that position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Also a good, like, that's a good mindset for me as an athlete. I always think, like, got to show up to win. Yeah, definitely. Us one, Canada two, Brazil three. On the men's side, I don't know. USA one. Gonna have fun with it. Colombia two. Oh hell yeah! Oh Oh, hell yeah! No Argentina. Let's go. 
I mean, Argentina is not here with Gustavo. Yeah, that's a weird one. No, he's is he doing? Yeah, no, Berdoon is weird. And I mean, Uh, like that's tough without those two guys. Yeah, I wonder why nobody. I assumed Gustavo was at the Americas Cup because he wasn't playing for Juventus last weekend. But if he's actually been like, actually, I'm not going to go to the Americas Cup, and I'm also not going to play this game. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. <laughs> this is telling your parents you're in school and telling your school you're homesick. Like that's yeah. <laughs> he's just like he's in the Bahamas chilling. Living the I love dream. that for him. I, I like your Columbia second pick though. That's gonna be if that pans out, that's gonna be wild. Um I think we're I just, gonna see sorry, go ahead. I just think that John Hernandez is so good at basketball. Oh yeah. Hot take. Yeah, I mean it's from the like the uh twenty twenty one that Bill Bow year. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty twenty one. Unbelievable. That was I think amazing. um if if you were to rank it, I think the USA prob the men's team probably have the handful of best players at the tournament and then it'll be Pat and then I think John Hernandez might be the next guy on that list. Yeah. Um probably. If you wanted to squabble about whether Canada or Colombia's supporting cast was stronger than the other one, I think you could probably come down on either side of that argument. But yeah, I I will now root for. I haven't thought about it in that sense, but I think I will now root for Colombia in the final because I would like to see that happen. So I sincerely hope you're right. Or Brazil. Nah, man, don't say. Nah. It. Yeah, they've not. They've they've not got it this time. I don't know. They've had a lot of their older guys move on, haven't they? And I think I'm excited you said Colombia though, because I've I've been saying this just kind of for something fun because Argentina are <laughs> weird and I don't know why they're not bringing certain guys or if but, they're not going or if the team have moved on from them or whatever, but Colombia presumably could be great. like it's presumably you've turned, as well. You've turned against Argentina because um of Esteche's run in Bilbao, right? That whole team's like anti Esteche. No, that's that's not the case. Esteche's the statue is great. I'm, I was the biggest statue guy <laughs> while I was here. He just wasn't here for very long. Um, but Fair. no, also a statue is like practice all star, like one of the best players I've ever seen on like random evenings in Bilbao. Unbelievable. This was this was an an old timer, but when I went out to Albacete the one time, I watched him wipe the floor with Kyle Marsh in like an end of practice like shooting contest. And he beat Kyle from all seven spots they shot from, and then the game rolled around the next day, and he got a like wing bank shot on his first go, hit the side of the backboard. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> he left it all in training. This is insane. Everyone um, those guys that we... just, like are incredible during the week, and then kind of sometimes struggle to put it together. Everyone has a guy like that. It's not it's not something we all need to share, obviously, because then you're putting guys on blast, but. Everyone's trained with someone that you're like, oh my god, what are we doing? Yeah. This is unbelievable. The practice all stars. Yeah. Right. Should we do the belt and we get out of here? Yes. Uh Rose, uh, do you have any suggestions for the belt? Um after the game, I told James it had to be me or I wouldn't come on the podcast, and he agreed to that. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I guess that's done that. and done. Also, if you shoot nine from eleven and score twenty. Against um, Durangan, I feel like I feel like it's a really cool. I like think if you'll I'm enjoy. Truly, 
going to assess the week. I don't know. I don't know if I would actually give it to myself, but I do like bribing you guys for the belt. Yeah. I think it's yeah, your mandate, honestly. Like... It's entirely fair. And to, to fully complete the story where we joked about the fact that when we said at the end of the roundup we were having you on for this episode, we were like, it'll go to either Rose or Mendel, and Rose will nominate herself, so it'll be her. And then Mendel <laughs> messaged the pair of us and was like, I would like my vote to go to Rose, and I think that she should have it because she definitely won't vote for herself. And I was like, I think she will. She pretty much pioneered that strategy. She'll vote for <laughs> so, Yelmer. I'm so <laughs> glad. Yeah, you didn't... You didn't vote for Yelma or Yelma's dad, so you've you've let the other Dutch mafia members down. Come on, man. Oh man, the Dutch mafia—that's a throwback. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say you guys kind of gave up on the whole um, the belt pursuit, but you've you've won it back I'm, for now, anyway. I'm really sad that I let Mendel down. That he thought it was a better person than I am. <laughs> that's so funny. That's like there's a um. It was like a TV game show that went on for a while, at least in Northern Ireland, if not in the rest of the UK, where like at the very end of the game, two people have a pot of money that they can either vote to like split or steal. The whole idea is if they oh, both yeah. vote split, they split it. If they both vote steal, they end up with nothing. And if one person steals and one person splits, the person who steals gets the whole thing. That's what happened. Mendel has voted to split and you voted to steal. You got him. <laughs> Please be my friend, Mendel. I told him That'll... he was there with me when I told him that I was going to bribe my way into getting the belt. <laughs> if you were well, drunk at he the obviously, time. He obviously <laughs> didn't think he would stoop to such lows and he thought you were only joking, but here yeah. we are. All right. He knows me better than that. Yeah, he should anyway. <laughs> he should know better. All right. Um, right. Yeah, I think we're done. Rose, anything else Should we get you? out of here? I thank you guys for having me. Thanks for hey, being thank here. Thank you for coming on. And good luck out at the Parapans. And yeah, I hope you guys at the very least win your semi final, but not as much as I hope Colombia win theirs. <laughs> yeah. Colombian men versus US women is the final. You heard it here first. <laughs> guys, follow Rose on Instagram and she will probably tell you where to watch the games. I haven't figured it out yet. Um, follow us on Inst- Instagram if you haven't already. I'm sure you have. And yeah, thanks for listening. Talk to you all next week. Cool. Peace.